Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to the in a, another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the co-founder of Divizio, the all-new affiliate network for all niches. We have got a show Jack and I have been looking forward to for weeks now. We've got my co-host, Jack Humphrey, the co-founder in Divizio and associate dean over at Directions University. And Jack, I'm going to let you do the honors of telling everybody who our guest is today. All right. Well, I am also uh, excited because I've been taking a little trip down memory lane, and I think a lot of the marketers on the web uh, lately have been as well as we gear up for something really, really, really special. Um, you know, there's a few people in our history as marketers, um, online and offline, really, uh, who are so name recognized that it, it's you just start saying it, and you know who I'm going to say. Uh, and uh, it's, it ties really well to today's show as well. Um, we have Richard Weiler on, and he is uh, a Guerrilla Marketing Expert Advisory Board member and co-founder of Advanced Marketing Minds. But one of the things that you'll pick out really quickly is Guerrilla Marketing. Hmm, that's, uh, that's Jay Conrad Levinson, isn't it? Yes, he would be correct. And if you know your marketing history and you know your marketing giants of, of the giants of marketing history, you know Jay's name very well. You probably read one of his gazillion books. Um, uh, his first one that started it all off was Guerrilla Marketing. And we have a really special event coming up uh, in the not-so-distant future, and we hope everyone can make it, um, especially if you're in the Florida area, Orlando area. Um, it's the Gorilla Marketing event that's coming up. It's at joindu.com slash GM event. GM for Gorilla Marketing. Joindu.com slash GM event. Go check that out uh, while we're talking today. Um, but do, do uh, tune in because we've got one heck of a guest, Richard Weiler, and he's been a powerhouse in the marketing industry himself for over 15 years and continues to seek out and apply the most advanced and cutting-edge strategies in his industry. He's known for keeping an expert handle on the pulse of Internet marketing industry using tested Internet and guerrilla marketing strategies that provide powerful, permanent results. And uh, Richard, welcome. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Gina, for having me here. Yes, it's hey, really Richard. an opportune time. <laughs> we, we've been talking about gorilla stuff, and, uh, and and then I saw that you were on the show today. I'm like, oh, man, this almost seems like it was planned. <laughs> I so think how it kind of we, We're going to start you off like we do. Yeah, I, I guess it kind of was. I wasn't paying attention. People were planning this behind my back. But uh, I'll start you off the way we start everybody every week, and, uh, and just to find out what got you out of bed today, what gets you out of bed in the morning excited to go to whatever you call work, or maybe you don't even call it work. You know, honestly, working with the guerrilla marketing brand, working, you know, carrying and carrying on Jay's work and helping people understand how to apply local strategies, unconventional wisdom to the marketing field, it does not work at all. It's something that I wake up excited about. It's something that I'm passionate about. And it's something that, you know, he's an amazing individual. He's an icon. He's a legend. Well, I'm a giant. Uh, one of the things that not everybody realizes is how many iconic brands and the things he invented Ho, ho, ho. Gina, do you, are you having the same difficulty, or is it just me? Is it my connection? No, it's definitely Richard's connection. Richard, could okay. I ask you to call back in? I think we're having a little bit of just the connection that you have. Um, if you could call back in, Gina and I can tap dance for a second, and maybe we can get a stronger connection with you. How's my connection now? Still bad. Still choppy. In and out. Okay. It's I'll a, call right I think back. it's really a connection thing. I'm not sure it's your mic or anything like that. I think it's okay. really the phone I'll line or the line that you're using. 
I'll call right back. Okay, great. Awesome. I hate it when he started to say, he sounded like he was uh, really getting into a good story, and I didn't want anybody to miss that. Sometimes it's me, and sometimes it's actually everybody who's who's hearing the same thing, so I wanted to make sure. Yeah, no, it really sounded very garbled. I couldn't make it out myself. Okay, I'll watch good. for him. All right. Well, so, I mean, this is really happening now. Sometimes, you know, you get really, you get closer to an event that's coming up, and uh, it just hits you all of a sudden, wow, this is really going to happen. We're not really that far away before we're all going to be in Orlando, Florida, um, with some dear old friends. I don't think there's anybody from uh, all the way back to when we started, Gina, that is not going to be at this event. It is, I mean, we've, and the headline is Seth Godin. I mean, what a great honor to pay to Jay and, uh, and <laughs> to have somebody like Seth being, uh, he's the keynote, right? He is. Seth Godin will be there. Uh, EBR from JV Zoo, who's been on our show as well, will be there. Uh, gosh, there's so many great names that are going to be there. And guys, get it, this. Tickets are a whopping, really expensive event here, Jack. 97 bucks. Yep. Just grab They've yours got the now. On the, yeah. They've got the counter set to three days, so I think that that uh, $400 discount is going up uh, in three days from when you're hearing this. So time is of the essence to get to that link. Um, and if you want to just go straight to get your ticket, there's two ways you can get it. You can go through the funnel, joindu.com forward slash 49GM, or you can go straight to the event page at joindu.com forward slash GM event. Joindu.com forward slash GM event. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, I was just going to say the, the, the name, the, the list of speakers, and then just audience participants that uh, I'm, I'm privy to just hanging out with these guys uh, and people that I've talked to. Uh, it really reads like a who's who of internet marketing, and um, and not to say that it's just a bunch of information marketing gurus in the internet marketing space. It's people who make uh, great livings as consultants and authors and information brokers and all kinds of things in all industries, and uh, it's it's going to be a really good one. I haven't been excited about conferences for quite a long time because the industry just hasn't had you know an awful lot like back in the 2000s not an awful lot of uh good conferences and um and we have you know Richard you still go Jack. to them excellent yeah we still go to them but you know this one is going to feel like old times and i i really believe uh everybody's going to have an awesome awesome time at this event richard we got you back yes i'm here can you guys hear me better now much better <laughs> yeah Great. So, so you were, if you can remember where you were going with your story, I, I had a sense that you were onto something really cool, and uh, and it, it was just too garbled to hear you. Can you start that over? Sure, sure. I was going to uh, answer your question: what it's like to get up in the morning and working with Jay Conrad Levinson's brand, Gorilla Marketing, working with Jeannie Levinson, uh, the love of Jay's life is definitely an honor. And it's wonderful, and it's something that I get motivated and excited about every single day. Jay is literally an icon and a legend in his industry. And it's kind of funny that you called him a giant because a lot of people don't realize that many of the brands they buy today, many of the brands that have spent millions and millions of dollars in advertising that have bought space in our head, like Jay loves to say repetition is one of the things that you know really makes branding. One of the things that he did was the Jolly Green Giant, you know. Ho, ho, ho. It's kind of funny you called him a giant. <laughs> I forgot about that, actually, the giant. Okay, got it, got it. Well, you know, probably because subliminal. <laughs> it's just yeah. ingrained in us. You know, some things are just, uh, you know, the fabric of our DNA almost uh, in branding. When you talk about really, really big brands and brand recognition, it's not that's one of the best examples out there. So, awesome. So, what are you uh what are you working on these days? What's um what's interesting in your world for traffic, for attention getting or you know, anything that you're doing right now that uh you're really excited about? 
Well, you know, one of the things I just spoke at was CEO Space. I did a couple workshops there. And um, CEO Space International is a great place of gathering of thought leaders and, and different individuals. And, you know, I've been talking a lot about the power of branding, just like we said repetition. You know, brands like Rice Krispies with Snap, Crackle, and Pop, uh, Jay created. You've got the Die Hard Battery, the Playboy Bunny, the Marlboro Man, all of these iconic brands. I could go on and on and on, many, many more brands that, that Jay created. But one of the things that makes these brands big brands, one of the things that makes these brands so memorable is the fact and the reality that they've been embedded in our minds because we've heard them on the radio, we've seen them on TV, we've watched them in the movies, the you know prop placement in the movies. We've mm-hmm. you know come across these brands on a daily basis. It's almost impossible to avoid them. That's how visible and prominent they are in the marketplace. And when it comes down to it, most business owners don't have the millions and millions and sometimes even billions of dollars that these brands have dropped in marketing over the years in order to do that. So how do we compete with brands like this? Well, one of the things that Jay's known for is leveling the playing field between these big brands and us, uh, small business owners or medium business owners. And one of the ways that we can do this is a cool Facebook strategy. It's very guerrilla. It's something that I've been implementing for, for quite some time. And what that strategy is, is really go ahead and target your tribe inside of Facebook. Go ahead and download your email address. And I know some people say, well, I don't have an email address, an email list. Go ahead and download your email list, put it into a .csv file format, and upload that into Facebook with custom audiences. Well, even if you don't have, <clears throat> even if you don't have a formal opt-in email address, you can go into your inbox and download that from your Google account or your Yahoo account. And then remember, you just got to Google how to format that that CSV. Upload it into Facebook. Facebook will accept that as a custom audience. And now, all of a sudden, you have a list of people that you can market to that already know who you are, who you've already had interaction with, and you can brand yourself, whether it's your opt-in list, whether it's a a Gmail list, you can brand yourself to that custom audience, and you can do it for pennies on the dollar. Uh, I was able to generate about uh, a million impressions over uh, a, a short period of time for about $300, and there's no reason why that you can't apply this strategy and immediately have people see them 15, 20, 30, 50 times over a short period of time over and over again through this Facebook targeting strategy and brand themselves to their audience so they're memorable and literally unforgettable. Yeah. Isn't it funny how people move on quickly from uh... – that alone, that ability to create a custom audience by just uploading your email addresses, whatever list that you might have into Facebook, um, even lists that uh, you couldn't easily import into a service like Aweber or MailChimp or GetResponse because they have so many rules about when those people opted in and how they opted in and all of those things. Facebook doesn't care. If you upload a list of anybody, uh, they just look at the emails and go, okay, I'll associate that with all the accounts on Facebook I possibly can, and I'll give you back the number that I was able to find. Out of your 100,000-person list, we found uh, 69,000 um, have Facebook accounts. And now whatever you would like to do with that, um, here you go. Uh, so advertise to them. Here's how you do that. That was such a big deal, but then Facebook came out with so many other things at the same time and thereafter that I I love that you brought that back up because it's almost – it's ridiculous to say it, but it's almost true. Uh, It's like ancient advertising techniques. But it's only been around for, you know, in Internet time, five minutes, and yet we've all kind of moved on. Everybody's talking about if you look at the ads that are going around now, how to do this and how to do that with Facebook, and it doesn't really talk about custom audiences anymore. But that's just sitting there as a really big, valuable powerhouse uh, for people to use, just as you mentioned. You know, most people I've talked about have not used the custom audience features. Most people I've talked about 
haven't heard about the custom audience features. And so it, you're right, it is such a powerful tool and a powerful way to reach our community where email is harder and harder to reach our community. Google, again, this is kind of old news. It's not anything innovative or exciting, but some of us, a lot of us still haven't heard of this, is Google Promotions tab, where it's so much harder to get through to our list. Even the social media tab inside Google is filtering what our eyeballs see, and we've now got to take every opportunity to reach our list possible, including retargeting opportunities, where when somebody comes to your website, we place a cookie on their computer, then everywhere they go, it calls up banner. Well, a banner ad. Now, you combine that with custom audiences through Facebook, you combine that retargeting there, now we're buying even more space in people's minds. And everywhere they go, they're seeing us. What's cool, what I love about retargeting is we don't pay anything for retargeting or remarketing. Some people also call it remarketing unless somebody clicks. And there's usually only one reason somebody clicks. They want more information. They want to buy. They want to sign up for whatever you're offering unless you talk them out of it. So combining those two strategies, that custom audience strategy along with retargeting strategy, very, very powerful tool. And uh, a lot of people do retargeting, but they're not using that on Facebook. Perfect audience, if you utilize that, when people come to your site through your list, even if you haven't had interaction with them on Facebook, perfect audience will help you cross-promote your Google traffic or your traffic that's coming from other areas on your website. Maybe it's email traffic coming to your list. Now, all of a sudden, they're seeing you on Facebook as well. Uh, And it's a powerful cross-promotion strategy. Yeah. I think a lot of people really haven't taken up retargeting uh, either as as much as you and I would think they should. <laughs> and uh and because I don't think that they understand it when you said that people don't that you don't pay anything until somebody clicks. Well, somebody could make the mistake of saying, well that's true of all advertising, uh pay per click, right? And and I've done pay per click before and it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And I would caution everybody to not jump to that conclusion because retargeting is different. Uh, It's only going out to people who have already looked at your message. They've already been on your site. They've been on your landing page. They didn't take action that day, or they only took half of the action that you'd like them to take. Maybe they just opted in, but they didn't do the next thing that you wanted them to do. You can use retargeting on that very page, So, and then just name it. you know, they went whatever you would want to name it, your second page of your landing uh, of your funnel, and and you know exactly who you're going to be advertising to or retargeting later. And so you can say some very exact things about them that you couldn't when they first landed on your funnel. You couldn't because you didn't know who they were, what they were up to, what they did. Now you can recall those actions and say, hey, come on back. We know you were here. <laughs> which is the creepy part of retargeting that everybody's experienced. Like, how did you know that? But this is brilliant for marketers. We know a lot of stuff about people. Even if they've only taken a couple of actions, we can now talk directly to them in a context that we couldn't before. So if somebody clicks on that, you're paying for it just like a regular pay-per-click, but you're paying for somebody who has already expressed interest and may have been on a bus, uh, on a train, in a, in a in, you know, uh, on the 405 in, in L.A. and the traffic miraculously started to move again and they had to get off and they forgot. They left. But it didn't mean that they weren't uninterested necessarily. If someone is uninterested, they won't click and cost you any money, and that's great too, but retargeting is a little bit or a lot of bit different than just uh, regular pay-per-click advertising. I would encourage everybody to at least set their cookies. I like perfect audience too, as Rich was talking about. So you know, go go there, grab an account, and uh, put that retargeting cookie on your site as a general thing, but look at their more advanced stuff as you can retarget people as they take different steps closer to you throughout your funnel. Um, people are, I mean, we hear about it all the time here on the show and, and in other places. People are killing it with that stuff. Yeah, you know, and I think, again, to highlight one of the differences, when you're advertising to the masses, it's a shotgun approach you are hoping that someone will discover you for the first time. When you're doing retargeting, they're not discovering you for the first time. You're reaching people who already know who you are, and you're making sure they see you over and over and over again. 
Think about the budget that Coca-Cola spends on the radio, on the TV, on the web, in the newspaper, in magazines, everywhere you go. Coca-Cola is spending money for one reason, so they're unforgettable. And this is a way that it's very neglected by marketers, very underestimated by marketers. This is a way that you can become the Coca-Cola to your tribe. This is the way that you can become unforgettable for your tribe. Lots of people I talk to know about this strategy. Few people I talk to are implementing this strategy. And the ones that I do talk to that are implementing it, few are doing it well. That means that your ads aren't just clickable ads that say, buy my product. That means your ads are fascinating. Jay always said, marketing made fascinating. So guerrilla marketing is marketing made fascinating. What is it that you're doing in these banners that makes you stand out? What is it that makes someone smile? What's somebody, what are you doing that makes somebody giggle, right? These are things you need to be doing if you're going to implement this strategy right. Your eyes are peeking over the edges of the corner. You're doing a handstand. Whatever it is that's congruent with your brand and still is fun, that's what you need to do to get this person's attention. And, you know, in, in some circumstances, maybe maybe you're there smiling, and if you can get flash-enabled uh, banners, you just make your eyes look over at them out of the corner of your eyes. What is it, again, that you're doing to get attention, to be fascinating, to stand out, and to be bold and, and wonderful to your tribe? That's what this strategy allows you to do. And it goes far beyond retargeting and goes very, in, very much into guerrilla marketing, which makes things exciting and fun. Well, maybe you can help me explain what I'm about to say in, in better words than I know how to use. But I think when we, when we first start with marketing, we learn, and everybody learns differently. Everybody gets a different guru the first time they learn about marketing. They might have a small um, DIY uh, shop. It might be offline, and they're trying to learn online tactics, uh, um, or they, they have information or, or whatever it is, consulting, coaching. But they're just starting out, and they learn the most direct approaches, by and large, always. The very, the very most basic types of marketing, which would be like email, and here I am emailing you. I promised you this. Here is that, and also I want you to go here. That kind of marketing where it has varying degrees of success depending on how well you do it. And you might not know what the quality factors are, but the one thing that's, that's in it is it's very direct. I mean, it's not like every bit of the definition of direct marketing, but it is very direct. And once we are challenged and when those tools are taken away from us or changed in some way like um, you know AWeber if you use them they change the rules about mailing um, Google starts taking those mails and putting them in different tabs that people aren't really viewing when when our very basic and, and remedial level 101 stuff is taken away from us we start to I think from what I hear from thousands of people over the years get very frustrated as if every option has been taken away from us. Like I can't do business anymore like I used to. And this person might have only done it for uh, like six months. And they're talking about a long lost way of you know, doing things like email marketing the way it used to be. And what you're talking about with branding and what people I've always talked to who are really experts in branding talk about is something that's almost like out of the corner of your eye marketing. It's not very, it's not that direct thing. It's, always being there, and people can't figure out when they're marketers, how does that sell Coca-Cola? How does that sell Cokes when they put the Santa Claus guy up every year for Christmas? How does that actually translate? Because they never really went beyond the direct part of the marketing, the most, the most 101 level of marketing, to find out what branding really means and how that does sell more Coca-Cola, more products for people who do that. And I think there's always been this disconnect between just the regular marketing that people learn, and then they stop too soon, and uh, they don't really learn the next level. They don't learn about branding. There's, a, there's always been some kind of a disconnect there. Can you help clear up why this is so important and how it directly relates? Because what? And one more thing. People are seeing us going, well, you've got to spend money. 
and retargeting and all of that kind of stuff. Now I've got to invest, but I'm not making enough to really have what I would think is an impressive budget to do what Coca-Cola does. And I know I can't do what they're doing because they're doing millions and millions a month in advertising, but I don't know that I can even do what I think you guys are telling me I need to do because uh, I don't see that translating into direct sales, which will replenish my war chest so that I can grow because it doesn't seem like it's a direct route, this branding thing, to making sales. Can you help us clear that up? Sure, I can absolutely help clear this up. First of all, let me clear up the misconception that this costs a lot of money. Uh, the reality not by, is by not doing this and spending 100 or maybe $200 a month, unless you have an incredibly large-sized list on this, you're losing money. You're not – you're not you're, – you're not going to um, – not costing you money it's costing you money not to implement this strategy today and the reason it's costing you money let's say you send paid traffic to your website and they don't opt in what happens to all those people that leave your funnel i know lots of pay-per-click guys and many of them tell me if it wasn't for retargeting they could not get an roi period there would be no roi on their paid traffic marketing without retargeting so if we're not implementing retargeting if we're not implementing tools like Perfect Audience to redirect that retargeting into Facebook, if we're not doing things like uploading our tribe into Facebook so we're miserable and uh, it's <laughs> visible, not miserable, <laughs> uh, so we're yeah. vis visible and memorable, then we're losing massive opportunities for our tribe to remember who you are, especially those very valuable brand new opt-ins that may have had their first exposure to you. So remember, on Facebook, when we implement this retargeting strategy, I bid $0.20 cents per 1,000 impressions. So if you want to reach your custom audience and your custom audience is 10,000 people, that's only $2. Am I doing that math right? Yeah, that's yeah. $2. You have to think about it because it doesn't seem like it should be that cheap, but it actually is. That's $2. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. But you know, if you use the easy button, if you use the promote post button on Facebook, I've seen it at $8 per thousand impressions. I've seen it at $12 per thousand impressions. You know, when you look at it mm -hmm. that way, for a million impressions, if I'm if I'm not doing the math wrong, and I didn't we didn't do it wrong together in my workshop, I think that was something around twelve thousand dollars for a million impressions on Facebook instead of three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars versus twelve thousand dollars. You're right. You can't afford the boost posts on Facebook, but you can afford to go in the manager, go into the ads manager, create a post, select, promote this post, select your custom audience and bid $0.20 cents per 1,000 impressions and adjust down or up depending on whether you're getting the exposure that you want. And, you know, oh, big deal, you go up to 30 to get the real exposure that you want. But what you're really going for is you want that same person to see you 15 times during the span of that ad over a few days. And then over a few months, you want that same person to see you 50 or even 100 times. This is what helps you become memorable, and this is what makes the difference. And I'll give you a little example. Um, who moves more product off the shelf, the big brand cereal people or the off-brand you've never heard of? What would be your, your, your best guess, guys? My guess would be the big brand. They're all over the place, right? You're absolutely right. They're moving so much more cereal than these off-brands. It isn't even funny. And in many cases, they're a dollar or more per box more expensive. Why would people make a decision to buy these big brands? Well, the reason is most decisions are made at the subconscious level. They, a lot of people just grab that cereal box that they've seen over and over again, and they habitually do that because of these branding strategies, because it's, the decision's being made at a subconscious level. Now, look at the amount of money these brands spend. The federal government intervened and did a big investigation into cereal companies. This is years ago. I learned this in my, my marketing class in college. And the reason they did the investigations, they said, we know that it only costs you 20, 30 cents for the cereal in the box. How in the world are you charging $3 or more for this box of cereal? How can you justify that ROI? 
how can you justify that expense? Well, the cereal companies very were very transparent with the federal government. This is the big brand cereal companies. They opened their books to the uh, federal government, and they were able to find that in some cases, two dollars, you know, of that three dollars or a dollar fifty of that three dollars was actually spent on advertising to move one box of cereal. One box. Now, hmm. our viewers and our listeners here don't have most of them don't have the budget to go out and be the next Coca-Cola or the next Rice Krispies. But if you can spend a couple hundred dollars and be the next Coca-Cola and the next Rice Krispies to your tribe, they may not buy directly that second. But when they start thinking, hmm, I need a video course, or hmm, who can I talk to about doing my website, or hmm, dot, 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 insert your niche here, what do you think they're going to do? What's the first thing that's going to come to their mind? Oh, I know somebody who does that. And they go out and they yep. hire you. And that's why it works. You know, and the irony from the consumer side is that you're paying more per box of cereal than the stuff on the bottom shelf to have they, – they use the money that you're paying to subliminally condition you to buy that box of cereal. So – like you're paying for it. We call that in marketing a loss leader. <laughs> you know, it's like you're you're paying for the right to be sort of um, uh, to be guerrilla marketed, to be subliminally, or you know, it's just so weird, isn't it? It's like the the food. Those guys. Here's what's even more weird about that, and it should give you some insight into how you can do your own marketing. But the stuff on the bottom shelf is made from the same damn company almost all the time. It is the tricks. The tricks in the box that's on the top shelf that costs $3 more is the same exact stuff that's on the bottom shelf that's $3 less, but we buy the $3 more. And a lot of people, I think, really have an idea that the product itself, like um, futures and, and, and wheat and all that kind of stuff, are really controlling the prices on these things, and it's never been the case. It's hardly ever been the case. It's always been because these guys are advertising their butts off to brand. And it's kind of a false thing. They're like gaming the system. So to me, when I look at that, I'm like, there are a lot of parallels between that and what a DIY, a smaller business, a medium-sized business could do to to increase their brand awareness like crazy. And I think a lot of people, again, when they don't have a lot of experience, they really think there's got to be a direct correlation between how much it costs to put the product out there, to put it together, to put it out there that you're selling, and um, – and and the value of it, and what you charge for it. And hopefully everybody's hearing that there's not really that big a correlation between those two things. If there is, then there might be a problem in your business model right off the bat, right there, in how you're pricing everything, how you're, how you're thinking about everything, and you're probably not going to be profitable enough to have a good model that takes you forward and has you meeting your goals down the road. Is there any, any truth to that? You're absolutely right. You know, and one of the things that's interesting, you mentioned it's manufactured by the same cereal company. And uh, it's so funny. That you're, you're right. The off-brands are manufactured by the same cereal company. One example is Rice Krispies makes their Rice Krispies in a big, gigantic bowl. Big, 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 gigantic bowl. They scoop out the center of that bowl, and that goes to the main brand. They take what's stuck to the edges of the bowl and what's stuck to the edge of the bowl, they scoop out, and that goes into the generic brand. So it's literally manufactured in the exact same way. The only difference is Rice Krispies gets the stuff out of the center that's maybe a little softer and fluffier, and the stuff around the edges that might be just a little bit crunchier, uh, that goes to the uh, the off-brand. Crazy. So I think a lot of people come from a background when they're – you know, before you went to school for marketing and before you knew a lot of stuff like Jay taught and all of that kind of stuff, you probably felt the same as most people who come into it and go, all right, so they don't really know how business works and they don't know these kinds of things, but that is so indicative of, of so many other things that happen in the industry, in whatever industry, in marketing, and they come to it in, like with a sort of innocence and and they're like, okay, so I have this product, and I have this service, I'm a coach, I'm a whatever, and I'm going to charge this. And they're already coming from a base of 
in inexperience or um, naivety <laughs> a little bit where they're they're not pricing their stuff right or they're not marketing their stuff right or they always go direct to the jugular. Like I see a lot of people out there when they're marketing, they're really just marketing directly to the final outcome all the time because they're, cause they're like, man, I really got to make uh, this work. This month I got to hit this goal or I might be out of business or I might have to go back to work or I might, you know, something bad will happen. So I need to market directly to my webinar or I need to market directly to the outcome. And they're being frustrated by that because people don't want to cut to the chase when you're on the consumer side. On the consumer side, they want to hear more story. They want to build a relationship. They want to know, or at least they're not going to make any moves, whether they are aware of what you're doing or not. They're not going to make any moves when you cut right to you know, a, a kiss on the first date or something like that. How do, you, uh, how do you talk people out of that situation and get them thinking differently about that? Could you? That was kind of a long question. Could you restate that for me one more time? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I do that a lot. So, yeah. So, you know, people who are impatient with their marketing, how do you get them to slow down and build relationships and do their branding and uh, make a longer chain from first contact to the final thing that you want them to do, buy your product or buy your service, when so many people are out there obviously going straight to, uh, you know, the sale or trying to, and they're failing because they're not building that process. Well, you know, I think um, pain is often a motivator. So many of us wait for pain to settle in to make a change. And sometimes that pain is motivated by failure. Sometimes that pain is motivated by someone saying something like to you, like every time you talk to me, you're trying to sell me something. You know, that's, that's pain, and that's a very real reality. Some of the people listening to me right now are probably feeling a little bit of pain. They're probably not feeling as successful as they want to be. They know they're leaving money on the table, but they don't know how to change it. So those people, you know, are, are going to be much more likely to listen to us about doing some things and building a strong relationship, uh, whereas some other people may not. But regardless of where you're at, regardless of the level of success you are, everybody has heard the term the good old boys network. Oh, well, you know, those leads, those referrals, they all go to the good old boys network. Well, why mm -hmm. not become part of the good old boys network? There's nothing stopping you from becoming part of the good old boys network. The biggest thing that is stopping from you from becoming part of the good old boys network is not applying guerrilla networking strategies. You know, I've written a book called The Gorilla Connector, and it's not published yet. It's going to be published soon. We're in the final edit. And one of the things that we talk about is how to break into every community and build that kind of relationship of trust. And here's the reality. It takes work. It takes work to build that relationship of trust with people. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's about listening. It's about going out and going the extra mile and providing real tangible value to the other people that surround you in that community that you're part of. It's about showing up and persistence and being there every single time as much as possible. It's about finding the key influencers within that organization and giving them something of great value, giving them a referral for a great client, taking them out and buying them lunch. Not once, maybe even twice. You know, it's about doing those things and putting yourself out there and making tangible, lasting relationships and friendships. If you go out and you create a relationship with people, that's huge. And it's no different with your client base. Creating a very strong, tangible relationship with your customers. Creating a very strong, tangible relationship with your community. The same principles apply. Nurture your community with your best content for free. Give away your best stuff for free. Uh, some of the top marketers in the world have been saying that for 10 years or more, and it hasn't changed. People want to see your best stuff. And when you give your best stuff away, then people are willing to buy the rest of your stuff. And, you know, we can't have a scarcity mindset of, oh, we only have a limited amount of content, because the reality is nowadays, 
five minutes from in front of an iPhone creates some great content. You know, and you do that over and over again, and before you know it, you have a course. Mm-hmm. And so many people have done that, that in your industry, you might find yourself feeling a little bit like it's oversaturated with all of this really quality content. When the when the marketing world caught on to what the blogging world was doing before the two really melded together, um, they, were, they were like, you guys are idiots. You're giving away. <laughs> you just did a blog post that has uh, the basic premise of my entire paid book or course. You just did a blog post for it. You dummy. You just gave that all away. But that blog was probably one of the most well-read blogs and, and, and branded and also followed with real reader loyalty and the money wasn't to be made in that in that person's mind. The money wasn't to be made on selling a book. That you know that was before we really started saying books aren't for money; <laughs> they're for branding. They're right. Not, you never make any money selling books. That was before that. That people were trying to do that. They're like, you got my whole course in a. You know, what a dummy! I'm going to make a whole bunch of money. The thing is, the guy who's got the the paid course doesn't have any relationship really in the market with with peers, with higher ups, and with uh, his or her. Uh, uh, readers or customers, and so he never did actually end up you're, beating you're that blogger out. Right. In pure it income. is about building a relationship, and people need to get to know you at that core. Uh oh, did we lose him again, Gina? This time, I think we lost him completely. Let me go check. <clears throat> Hang on, Jack. Okay. Oh, I hate it when this happens. I know. I do too, Jack. <laughs> well, yeah, I think... Uh, go ahead and interrupt uh, hold me on, whenever he back, comes back. back on. There he is. Okay. Are you there? Yeah, I don't know what happened there. The call just dropped, so I called right back. Well, whenever you're getting ready to drop a million-dollar idea is usually when the phone line gets really sketchy around here. So if we don't <laughs> let that stop us. Go ahead and keep dropping that million-dollar idea. <laughs> oh, what were we talking about? The branding, the relationship stuff. Uh, we were just talking about the blogger versus the traditional marketer and, and the giving things away and, and creating that, uh, that sense of trust and respect in the market and that following. And you got a really good response brewing to that. Yeah, I did. I did. I remember exactly what I was going to say. You know, if you don't give your community an opportunity to get to know you at a deep interpersonal level, you're missing out on an opportunity to create that relationship of trust that's necessary to move a product. Why worry about giving somebody something that's worth $7 or $27 or maybe even $97? value in the marketplace, why worry about giving them that for free if it builds a fan, if it builds a follow, builds a relationship that then leads to them coming to a live event and spending, you know, money on airfare, money on a hotel, money on your event. Uh, and then at the event, they go out and they spend thousands of dollars with you or sometimes tens of thousands or even 15000 or $20,000 with you. That $97 deposit you made into the relationship, that's what got you that $15,000 sale. And let's be frank, it takes 100, or I'm sorry, it takes 10 $97 sales to make you $1,000 roughly. And it takes 1,000 uh, or 100 $97 sales to make you $10,000. So at the end of the day, you didn't give up anything. You nurtured your community. You gave them valuable content. You created raving fans. And by giving them something of extreme value, you made a deposit into that relationship, and they're going to feel indebted to you. And they're going to know. You're not going to just give them something night for night that you normally charge $97 or $27 for free. You're going to let them know, this is my $97 course. This is my $27 course. And you're going to over-deliver and once that relationship of trust is established, they're going to buy from you, and they're going to buy from you again, as long as you're doing what we talk about, which is making yourself memorable to that person. There's a lot of people vying for your target market's attention. You've got to stand out, and one of the ways you can stand out is through repetition. 
Okay, let me play devil's advocate for a moment and say uh, someone has discovered this uh, idea and they've applied it. And they've given away a $97 thing. And it really is something that they would, uh, they probably started out thinking, I'm going to put a sales letter together for this and I am going to sell this for $97. Um, and they changed their mind. They heard you or someone else say, you really need a lead with some really good stuff. The bar is high. But there's a lot of people in my market that are giving away $97 value stuff, and now we've got a Walmartization of information. And people aren't taking my $97 thing seriously. They're not consuming it. They're more than happy to download it. But I can see signs that they're not consuming it because they're not doing the next thing I had planned for them. And I think it's because they're taking it for granted because it was free or cheaper than it should be. How do you coach somebody around that problem? How do you, because of, it, it might be from your perspective, competition or whatever it might be, but how do you get somebody out of that hole? Well, I hate to be beating a dead horse, but why not, uh, why not upload your list of people that downloaded <laughs> that free item saying it's a, let's say a thousand people downloaded that free item, create a custom audience, and create a series of short videos, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute and a half, that talks about the content in your course and beat the, beat the horn to death in remarketing, retargeting uh, Facebook, reminding them about that course that they have, reminding them about the principles that they have, reminding them about the success that others have had from that course, applying those principles. People need that nudge. If you just give it to them and expect them to consume it, you're not going to actually you know, get them to consume it. Why not build some form of accountability into your course so that when people, they don't show up, they get a reminder. Whether it's no. from a coach, whether it's from an autoresponder, they get a reminder when they don't show up. Combine those principles. Don't expect people to consume what you give them. Expect people to forget We've got to use the technology and the resources we have available to remind them to consume that product. So you answered very specifically, but I would say that there's an underlying message in what you said that's just as important, which is you didn't give up. You were undaunted by my question. You've had it, I'm sure, asked you in many different ways over the years many times, and what I got was you answered it right off the bat, you, and you did it in a way that you just basically said, do not give up. Don't stop there. Here's what you can do. And you just stayed right at it. Love it. We might not be beating a dead horse, but the horse is hurting. <laughs> it's certainly hurting, but it's not dead. I think, we, I think we have to keep reminding people, too, all the time that, they're, that you know, don't give up, plus here's how you don't give up. In this particular instance, use your retargeting. Go to the things that we've talked about already today. And, and and do it. Just don't stop and don't give up. And people, I love that. People, Jack, they need they need to hear what they missed. They need to re- be reminded of what they missed out on. And when you circulate testimonials around in social media, when you email testimonials to your list, when you get eyeballs in front of people's successes, it reminds them the value of what you have. And so many times we just let people opt in and we forget about them. Yeah. That is a really sad state of affairs. I think there's an awful lot of lists uh, in the world that started with really great energy, really great um, an idea, a premise, something that people really got into, and, and the marketer nailed it. They just nailed it, and they got a great opt-in rate, and, uh, and then now they have all these people on the list, and something happened or something didn't happen, but there was, there was an issue. <laughs> and now that great list that was at that time really super fired up is kind of dead. It needs to be reinvigorated again. It's almost as if you didn't build that list at all in the first place. Because if you went out and tried to mail it today and you had a list like this, you would be very sad about the – and this is 100% of the time. You're never going to be surprised and go, wow, they were really responsive today. That's never going to happen if you haven't worked them, if you haven't worked with them, made them feel special, made them feel that their subscription was worthy of, of you know you having it. <laughs> So I think that's really important stuff. Can you so, say or are we breaking up again? No, 
We're I think we're still good. I can still hear you, but I'm paranoid like you must be <laughs> by now. Hey, let me let me yeah. throw one more thing in there. Whenever Great. you want to reinvigorate somebody to consume your content, tie it into current events. So Google makes an update. Now you create an update in the course as a bonus module, and you send out to your list, I have this update. This just happened. Did you know marketers are losing millions because of this change, right? And now you made your course relevant again. Now they're, they're going to mm-hmm. go in there for that module, and they're going to consume more tie into current events your course. Make sure it doesn't stay dated. And do this constantly. Look for opportunities. Oh, Facebook made this change. Oh, no. The government just regulate, made this regulation on testimonials. Did you know this? Let me get this in the course. Just look for reasons to update your course. It won't take you long. Tie it into current events, and people will go back to it and use it as a resource. Great. Brilliant stuff. I've watched people do that uh, like crazy, and it, it works. Um, you know, if anybody wants to go back into the archives and uh, listen to one of our guests on this, he was uh, brilliant in his ability to jump on future news. It hadn't even become news yet. He was he was jumping on the next uh, Twilight movie that hadn't come out yet when he discovered that uh, one of the guys was going to take his shirt off and he was going to be ripped. And it came out in Variety, which nobody reads except Hollywood insiders. And he prepared an entire campaign so that he was already ranked number one in Google for the keywords associated with Tyler Lautner workout. And when the movie hit, when everything dropped, and all of the things, you know, the, they were very uh, obvious in their um, in their advertising for the movie. They they showed him ripping his shirt off so they could get all the girls into that movie that they could possibly cram into a theater and make it one of the biggest movies of all time. Uh, and he knew that, and he was right there, and all the boyfriends were jealous. Every boyfriend that got dragged to that stupid sparkly vampire movie that was just, ugh, <laughs> uh, with their girlfriend and had to put up with it also had to watch how they reacted to that guy taking his shirt off, and then they're looking at their own guts. And there's not nearly a washboard there, and he was there. He's in the fitness niche, and uh, totally, totally, totally nailed it. And so I love those kinds of things because it's just brilliant. It's really not that hard to think. Once you know that secret, once you know how to do that kind of stuff or that it's possible, your mind can run wild with those kinds of things. Do you have any uh, examples of where that's uh, worked out either for you or for clients of yours? Well, I think anytime you jump on the front of breaking news, you can have that same effect. So if you're staying on in touch with RSS feeds and Google and, you know, all the all the information that they release, you're really just constantly out there daily browsing the headlines, looking at just what just came out on Mashable, looking what just came out on Search Engine Land, looking at what came out on great sources for information, that, that's new breaking information, and then get, immediately repurpose that content, get it out to your list as soon as possible, even create a solution for the problem j- that just happened. Hey, but have you wondered how this is going to impact your Facebook page? And, you know, a good example was marketers jumped all over it when Google made the promotions tab with pain and fear-based marketing. And it oh, yeah. got massive open rates, and they got a huge amount of traffic and uh, uh, increased the size of their following just by jumping on the news that happened and telling marketers what to do. Anytime you find something, even if it's a few days old, don't be discouraged. Anytime you find something new and there's not a solution for it, create that solution as soon as possible and broadcast it to the masses, and you'll be rewarded. Yeah. How many times do we see somebody going, you know, I said it in my book or I said it in my course, and and you can find it here, but here's another example from today's news or from some current event that shows why it's so important to do this or to do that or not do this or not do that. I mean, we see that kind of stuff all the time. So. A lot of people are using it, and if you're not, definitely do. Go look for something today that you can do that with. It's just a status update on Facebook. Test it out. See if it works better than yesterday's status update you did. And, uh, you know, it probably will if you're thinking uh, creatively about it. You know, a great example, Jack, a a great example, Jack, like when I was doing, I used to have a done-for-use services company that did marketing and search engine optimization and lots of other things and 
I got out of that business and just went into straight consulting some time ago. But years ago, golly, five, more than five years ago, I can't give you the exact number off the top of my head. So social media was considered to be something completely separate from search engine optimization. But we were using social media, you know, way back when, when all the gurus, when everybody was saying that it was not part of social media. And so we had a good two years or more with our clients where we were the only SEO company doing things with social media and seeing results because of the increased Mm -hmm. hits on the website, the link diversity, lots of other factors that were happening early on. And that gave us a really strong competitive advantage uh, against our, our competitors. And we stayed pretty quiet about that. But I literally got on stage over two years and shared that with people in SEO. And they felt like it was brand new for years because no one was talking yeah. about it. And then finally it came out how big of an indicator it was, and then everybody was talking about it. I was like, well, we were talking about this for two years. This is old news. And yeah. it really, really there's so many things like that today. Oh, yeah, man. It's crazy. I remember when Armin Marin went, was one of the first marketing guys that would go off on different stages. He didn't go to just the Internet marketing places, and he would go to real estate places and tell people about autoresponders. And you could you could hear a pin drop at a marketing thing. I don't want to hear about. We all know about autoresponders. We don't need it. But the real estate people freaked out, and he did big numbers off the stage, <laughs> reportedly uh, just going to different industries that aren't in the know, that are different parts of an industry that don't get uh, updated all the time or not are not up to date. And finally, gurus are easy to take advantage of because if you become a guru in something. You're probably very preoccupied with your guruness, your expertise, what it is that you're an expert in. And when social media came along, none of these gurus knew anything about it, nothing. So, you know, to kind of save face because everybody goes to the guru and say, hey, what do you think about this social media thing? You either tell everybody that you don't know anything and you're not qualified to tell them anything about it, or you say, ah, it's not important. And industry-wide, everybody took the latter and not the former choice and said, ah, it's not important, and you guys took that to the bank. Brilliant. Yeah, it's just it's just a very simple example of how you can watch for things in the media, and, you know, the more heavily reported that news is, the better, because you want people, and the more likely it is to cause um, a problem. If this can cause a problem, don't create a problem that doesn't exist. That's not going to get you the result. Look for a real problem in what this news, this current marketing news or this current trend or this current change by Google and Facebook made and, you know, broadcast it out there. Put it on Facebook. Put it on Twitter. Throw up a YouTube video on it. Email your list. Just hit it from every angle that you can and you'll reap the rewards. It really will help. Nice. Well, we've got a few minutes left and I want to make sure that everybody knows uh, you should have your interest peaked if you've never met Richard, if you don't follow him Currently, uh, Richard, where is the best place to get into your sphere of influence? The best place to get into our sphere of influence is definitely to join us at the Gorilla Global Summit. We'll have lots of gorilla coaches and master trainers there. Um, Alternatively to that, we do have local chapters that are going to be opening up all over the country and all over the world soon, Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, Singapore, Calgary, Canada, all over the United States. Um, we have our leadership team primed and ready, and we're training more leaders um, every month and recruiting more leaders every month. So uh, the greatest opportunity right now is to celebrate 30 years of history with guerrilla marketing and help us fulfill Jay's dream. It was always Jay Conrad Levinson's dream who founded and authored guerrilla marketing for there to be a gathering of guerrillas and marketers and entrepreneurs, authors, speakers, coaches, they all get together in one place and 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 really have almost what's like a family reunion and to have a beautiful gathering. And that's what this event's really about. It's for thought leaders, it's some of the top thought leaders from all over the world. Armin Morin is speaking, Joel Com, New York Times Seller is speaking, Seth Godin is speaking, Sharon Lecter is speaking. The list just goes on and on. I can't even come close to scratching the surface of all the amazing thought leaders that are going to be at this event that you'll be able to rub elbows with and be in close quarters with. And um, 
Awesome. Yeah, that that would be the best place currently to to connect with us. And you guys can meet us down there and channel your energy uh, at joindu.com slash GM event for guerrilla marketing, GM event, joindu.com slash GM event. And you can meet Richard down there too. So everybody, I and hope everybody And it's also in the show really notes. Excited. Yes, Absolutely. also in the show notes, so click. <laughs> Gina, I think we ran out of time again. Uh, just barely, Jack, about three seconds ago. So thank you so okay. much, Richard. And I am so looking forward to seeing you guys in Orlando. Absolutely. Yes, I'm looking thanks, forward Richard, to for seeing being you today. both in Atlanta, Orlando as well. Thank you so much for having me on. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters. From traffic to conversion to business success.